Hello and welcome to Underground Chicago Talk. I'm your host, Rudolph, podcasting from the heartbeat of Chicago, the Petway, Chicago's hidden community. Well, it's Black History Month, and my guest today is actress, producer, director, and co-host of the Brownie Sunday Show, Corey. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. I've been looking forward to this ever since you asked me. I'm just excited. I'm excited just to talk to you and people hear our conversation, you know, as we talk, you know, regularly as, you know, father and daughter, so. Well, yeah. th- this feels like a father and daughter uh, type of, uh, you know, they have the father and daughter dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this sort of has that feel to it. Uh, what? Father and daughter talk. Yeah. You're certainly no stranger. You're certainly no stranger to me, so. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, and, yeah. And I mean, I think it's great be- also because. You know, not everyone is fortunate enough to have such a close relationship with their dad the way we do. So I think it's great that we get, we're getting to show people our, you know, our relationship and how we, you know, how we how we speak with one another and how we how we converse. So that's great. Well, now, how long have you been in California, Corey? So it'll be seven years in August, on August 12th, to be exact. August 12th, that was when, that was when we got in. What time flies, doesn't it? I know, I know. But you know, you know how sometimes things feel like they feel short or so long. It feels like it feels like it's been seven years. <laughs> well, it feels like seven years. Yeah, you can you can feel the years. Yeah, yeah. Now you I live in there. you live in Hawthorne, and I understand Marilyn Monroe uh, lived there at one time in Hawthorne. Yeah, I. You know, I would love to know where exactly she lived oh maybe i can find out and do some research but like you know if there's like the house and i'm sure someone i'm sure it's like somewhere but it's not something that people really talk about hawthorne is such a very like humble slow paced you know very quiet nice little city and it's not like you know i I could see why people wouldn't really make a big deal of it who live here they just are very low-key they're usually not involved in the industry which is why i love it it's like a you know being away from hollywood and la it's a nice way to be outside of that you know Mm. does uh uh, what's his name anthony anderson uh reside yeah yeah well i found out yeah he's from hawthorne too so Mm. he actually lived i mean grew up in hawthorne so okay yeah yeah now you studied uh theater at second city yeah yeah so yeah so like right after i finished school literally months later like that summer i just you know i was just ready i had been wanting to perform for a long time like all throughout undergrad and you know finally after grad school i just said you know when when am i gonna do this like it's now or never and you know mom actually was the one who told me she said, you're really, you're so funny. She's like, you are so funny. I think you would do so great, um, you know, going to Second City and taking classes. And she, you know, as I started to learn more, I learned that how many, how many really funny and just great actors went, you know, trained there, studied there. So I, I did. I signed up that summer. I think I started in like June or July. And I completed the year of um, improv, the improv program. And yeah. 
Now, you graduated from Whitney Young, uh, same high school that our first lady, uh, Michelle Obama, graduated from. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big shadow. Of... I know. That is, you know, it's something that I'm so proud of. And I love, like, I love telling people that because, first of all, going to Whitney Young was something I was so proud of. Uh, it, was, it was just a place where I really felt like I started to find my voice as a performer, you know, as a creative person. And also just being in a school that was predominantly like black at the time like I feel like it was maybe 40 to 50 percent black so it's just different from um you know elementary school and so I feel like um we also just there was an importance placed on excellence and you know grades doing well in school learning and, and just trying to be the best you can so I feel like with her finding out that she did go there later once she became first lady and it brought a spotlight back to Whitney Young I feel like the rest of the country became aware that Whitney Young was just known for excellence you know like everybody in Chicago you know in the surrounding neighborhoods surrounding um, suburbs knew Whitney Young was like the place to be but I felt like it really brought attention to it um, nationally you know and still to this day uh, Whitney Young holds that uh, position here within the city of Mm -hmm. being a high school that uh, students here uh, in Chicago can go to and get a, a very broad education in mm-hmm. the arts yep. uh, itself, you know, and it, it has that reputation along with uh, Walter Payton. Uh, uh, yes, yep, that's another one. That's another high one. school. Yeah, which came after me, but yeah, exactly. After You know, after I left Whitney Young, I think Walter Payton, you know, came to exist a few years later or something. Um, so yeah, both of those schools, um, and Jones too, I believe Jones. Jones Commercial. Another one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another um, one. Chicago has some great high schools uh, mm-hmm. uh, within itself, uh, but you have to, as a parent, you have to really be uh, uh, proactive. Otherwise, uh, you know, because we have a, a what we call a, a tier system in education here in high schools. Yeah, uh, we have the best of the best of high schools that we just rattle off a few names of them and then we have some that are just totally out there in the wilderness uh they're just mm-hmm. producing kids are just going yeah <laughs> they're yeah. just there you know and yeah. uh, i don't see how they have functioned over the years personally how they've survived the uh i guess a lot of parents i know and being a parent you have to participate in the school activities uh, in order to protect your child's interest. Uh, yeah. You must be part of the PTA and all of that and all the other little things that are there in the, in the school. And so often a lot of parents use the excuse that they're working as if no other parents are working. <laughs> right, <laughs> we, right. We're all working. You have to just put forth the extra effort to mm-hmm. uh, do it. And yeah. uh, uh out of that participation of the parent. That's why parenting and and participating in the school is so important because as the parent participates, it helps overall the development of the child. Yeah, 
definitely. to see their parents there participating in the school, being a part mm-hmm. of, I mean, you they, know, the body of the of the school system itself. Exactly. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, uh, at Hawthorne, when you guys went to uh, Hawthorne, uh, participating, it was like a family affair because all the parents participated. That's true. That is so true. Hawthorne definitely had a lot of hands-on parents, you know, and it seemed like everybody knew each other's, all the parents knew each other's kids, the other parents, all the kids knew each other's, all the kids' parents, you know what I mean? It's like everybody knew each other and everybody looked out for each other. Well, you know, well I, those, was, those years, yeah. those years add up because, you know, when you start there uh, at a certain age, uh, a grade, you start at first grade, uh, Kindergarten, actually. A kindergarten and work up yeah. to graduating. You, you get to know, you get to know each other as parents. Uh, mm-hmm. Many of those parents I I still know and run into on occasions, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, even some of the teachers. Uh, right, exactly. Because people yeah. forget that the teachers are just what they are. They're they're parents themselves and teachers. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yeah. So parents have to really participate, and I encourage all parents to uh, be involved in their schools. Uh, yeah, that's important. It's very yeah. important to the development. And now, so that way you can advocate for your kids too. You know. Oh like my one. God! You you have to. Uh, yeah. You have to keep an open channel in order for your child to uh, uh, talk to you or have some yeah. process of, of talking. And I think that's where dinner and all of that is important that uh, families have a lot of those old uh, traditional things of sitting down actually everybody eating <laughs> together and, and talking right. those are things that people can do but you have to be uh, energized to do that as a family yeah. you know have yeah. if you can't do it every day you can certainly do it on weekends or on Sunday though right yeah. Right, you just have to you have to make a point that it's it's something important that you set aside, like you said, even if it's just on the weekend, you exactly. know, or Friday night, everybody has dinner together or something. Exactly. So without the TV and you know, just talk. Without you know, the so. well, today is even worse. Then back then we didn't we didn't sit at the table with phones. <laughs> right, right, exactly. The phone was and the phone was on the wall. <laughs> yeah, and the TV had to be off, and you right. know. Yeah. TV off, and this is the time to talk. And uh, no calls coming on the, you know, the landline. Right, no calls. Right. You just have to call them back. It was a time to talk, and everybody shared whatever. Uh, and that's, I think, people are slowly trying to get back to that because a lot of parents today uh, are pretty upset about the dinner table and everybody sitting up there with a phone and a piece of chicken trying to eat <laughs> right I mean I see it I see it even with the kids when I when I babysit occasionally you know and like I, I see it even with the ones who are allowed let's say to watch watch something on TV or on their like tablet you know all the kids have little tablets now <clears throat> with like you know little games educational stuff but I've noticed that even the the difference when the tablet is on and they're eating and watching something like a let's you know cartoon versus when it's not on and how much they will just you know talk to me or you know to each other or you know they're asking me questions we're just having a, a nice conversation and they actually ask me like are you gonna you know the ones who 
I couldn't really verbalize it. They asked me, okay, are you going to, you know, sit for this? Are you going to eat dinner with us? And I said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll sit and, you know, watch what you guys eat or I'll eat my dinner too. And just, it's so different. It's just so different from when you put that tablet on. It's like, you're, you're not, they're not hearing anything you're saying, you know, <laughs> you could be like, do you want more chicken? Do you, they don't hear anything. And it's just like, they let they miss that um you know connect connectivity with you when you have something on you know so well i think that's uh that's even a problem not only with families but that's also probably with uh uh just dating and mates and so forth i mean Mm -hmm. you go out with a person and you don't it used to be you went to a restaurant with a person you were there to carry on a conversation with them um, but that's not so today. You, you go out with a person today to a restaurant or whatever. Uh, they spend they spend their whole time, uh, and maybe both of you spend your time with your head in your phone. So you never had the conversation. <laughs> right, right. I, I don't yeah. understand it. Maybe I'm just old. <laughs> no, I mean that's what I that's what I see when you know going out, or even sometimes I've had to catch myself. You know being out with Jalen and like if we're looking both of us sometimes you know something's going on we're looking at our phone and we have to go wait let me let me put this down you know because I'm not even we're not even I'm not even sharing this experience with you anymore you know I'm just kind of giving short answers and looking back at the phone so it's like you have to make a conscious effort oh you do put it it down one of my one of my uh, techniques is that I disconnect I leave my phone at home purposely when I leave the house on various days if I'm going to Target or someplace or uh, Walgreens or someplace you know I, I purposely leave my phone at home uh, oh so that's when you have my heart rate my heart going fast when I call you and I'm I'm worried because I can't <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wait why is his phone why is he not why is it going to voicemails because you walk in the walk because I, I purposely disconnect uh, for that period of time. I, I just want to disconnect from uh, cell phones and answering a phone or hearing a phone mm-hmm. ring or any of that. And for that period of time, I, I totally disconnect when I get back. If it was anything of, a, of, of, of serious nature, the person would leave a uh, message and I'd get back to them. But it's no. my way of, of disconnecting right. that I have found helped me in the course of my day of what I'm doing because I see people who are so connected to that phone uh, that they're walking the street. I have never found, maybe I'm missing something because I have never found anything online or on the internet that was so interesting that I walk out in front of a car (laughs) (laughs) reading it or listening to it i have i know i get it i i missed that Uh, i i have missed it somewhere because i nothing is that nothing is that important to kill yourself over right you know i I but i see it every day i see people walking actually out in the street that way exactly you know exactly nothing is but people think it is and that you know it's like you know we start to get tricked into thinking that it is but you're right nothing is that important no these are real but these are real things that are happening to people though yeah uh in life you know we we see it as being stupid and everything else but uh, hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of people are doing these things and getting hit by automobiles and uh, doing uh, it. being robbed and everything else, you know, uh, yeah. being caught up in that phone. 
you know, uh, uh, being well, I... being disconnected. Just you see it, uh, uh, like I said, in restaurants uh, with people, couples, or whatnot. Instead of being into each other, even people in their own houses, instead of being into each other, they're into phones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say this though. You know, I like that you disconnect, but I'm gonna ask you to just. From now on, just turn that phone off, but have it in your pocket just in case, you know, just in case you need it, but just turn it off. You know what I'm saying? Okay, well, I'll, 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 uh, yeah. I'll, I'll do that. Uh, I'll take that. I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll take that under consideration. <laughs> I'll take it under consideration. Okay, uh, that way you know it's off, but it's like if you needed it, you absolutely needed it, you know it's in your pocket, you know, you can turn it off. So right. I, I, I'll, I'll take doing. that in consideration. Yeah. But it was just my way of, of me being able to right. disconnect. Uh, Absolutely, because we need it. We all. We for the all, time that I need to disconnect uh, from it all, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I I get that too. I, do, I mean, I even do that sometimes at a certain time of night. I have a, um, I have a timer set to turn my phone on to do not disturb. So at a certain time, if, if I get a text or a call, my phone is not going to make any notification sound and then it turns off at whatever time I set it in the morning so basically I'm saying it's like I'm like I'm disconnected you know and then I just at that point need to put my phone down myself to not be on social media and stuff or you know looking at something too because like you said you have to you have to physically disconnect from it too you can't just not have notifications you know but you have to like you said just not go on there you know, anymore and take a break. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Speaking of social media, uh, now back when you were just graduating from high school, I think when your last year of high school, you were on uh, American Idol's first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was that? Uh, how exciting was that? Oh man, that was. You know what? I it all. I feel like everything during that my last year that senior year of high school really did lead up to it you know in hindsight you can kind of see like the dot that connected to where when something happened but in the moment you don't you don't see that that's what happened basically my senior year was like my final year where I didn't have to do any um required classes anymore so I didn't have to take math I didn't have to take science you know I didn't have to take anything that I wasn't interested in and um, I was able to take all of the classes that I, you know, was really resonated, like was really drawn to. So I was in, I was in dance. I was in fashion design too. Like my second year, I was in guitar, band, AP literature. So you know, I always love reading, and um, you know, um, and and something else. Like it's just I was in all in art. I think in art class. So I was just in all these like classes that were just everything I wanted to do and so the beginning of senior year I um they have like a senior talent show you know for the seniors every year and I decided people were auditioning to be in the senior talent show and I don't know why I just was like you know what I really want to sing I think I really want to sing like everybody is you know getting their like turn you know signing up for their time slot and at the very last moment like literally the last moment I decided I'm going to sign up and I'm going to sing, sing a song. I'm going to sing Alicia Keys. It, you know, her song Falling was really, you know, popular at that time. And so I just decided to go for it because I always wanted to sing. I just didn't have the 
was just always very shy, very introverted. Didn't necessarily have the confidence to just put myself out there. But that senior, you know, show, I decided, and sure enough, I got put in the show. And um, you know, they made me look like a leech keys. My, you know, my one of my good friends, my locker partner, Sharice, she coiled my hair just like her and everything. And I even learned how to play it on the piano because it's, it's not a very hard you know, song to play either. But it just like really brought something out of me that this is my time. You know, I'm doing, I'm living my life as an artist. All of my classes are like artistic, all the things that I love, you know, creative. And um, for some reason, it just gave me the confidence to go for it. So when American Idol, so fast forward to spring, um, I'm working that job. You remember at Park Place Tower, I think it was? Is that the name of the place I was working at the video store? Yes, I remember that. Yeah. So a friend, you know, a high school friend of mine who actually coincidentally, coincidentally was, uh, we went to kindergarten together, found that out in high school. <laughs> he was only at Palmer for a year. It's funny how people come back into your life, you know, but um, he helped me get a job at that video store because he worked there. So I had a little part-time job, you know, making some money, just was nice, you know, helping rent, rent videos to people. And I see that American Idol is commercial, and it's like, come out and audition, you know, we're looking for singers. And I th- I really know it was me singing in that senior talent show and getting the reaction that I got from my classmates who nobody knew I could sing. Like, no, because I was not a person that just went around, you know, singing or broadcasting, but I wanted to sing or that I, I could and so it gave me the confidence to just go and try it. And I didn't even tell you guys. This is the where I was really getting bold. <laughs> I told mom this and she was like, wait, what? You know, like how did she didn't even know how I had gone to audition? I think I I think I skipped school, Dad. Or it was it was either on a weekend or I may have skipped school. I can't remember. But it was basically I was like, I'm going to go try to do this, but I don't want to tell anyone because I'm afraid that if I do, you know, I might talk myself out of it, you know, or just get too much pressure, you know, or too many notes. Like, oh, make sure you do this. So I just went and I just did the same thing. I sang Alicia Keys and it was so many people. I was like in the 5,000, okay? I had number 5,000 something. And... I just could not believe after so many hours of waiting and this and that and just being like, oh my gosh, there's so many people that they told me that I was going to come back and do a callback. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. (laughs) This is happening. Like how many, you know, but it was something nagging me about that commercial. I just knew, you know, sometimes you just hear something or you see something and it just tells you like, you have to do this. You have to. And it was just, I could not get it out of my head it was just saying you gotta go down there you gotta go try to do this and um there was really you know that was it and then so then I, I think I told you guys at that point that I had gone and audition. so then I went to the callback and there was a lot less people and that was when I met Simon and Paula and Randy and sang for them and I messed up the words. I was so nervous. <laughs> I sang a different song because I think they gave you a list of songs. Now, this time you got to sing something different. And I just kind of reversed the verses. Like I sang the second line first, or the first one second. But well, whatever it was, you know, for some reason, they they still were like, okay, we, wanted, we want you to go to Hollywood. Nigel, I think he was like executive producer. And they they told me, you're going to go to Hollywood. And I didn't even hear it at first. I thought they said, no. You know how your brain just tells you? I'm just like, this can't be happening. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. I, they said, you know, sorry. 
you know, because Randy didn't want to send me. Randy said he he was like, you know, she don't sound like Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston or any of these other people. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I say no. And then Paula was on the fence, and it was Simon who said, "You, I I really think you have something." We're going to send you. Because they were like, can you dance? You know, I said, yeah, I can dance. I'm actually, I was on the pom-pom team. I studied ballet, you know, for over, you know, over 10 years or something like that. And they were kind of getting a feel like, I think they were sizing me up like, okay, well, she can dance. She, you know, she's got a look, you know, kind of innocent or whatever. And, you know, but she can sing. So Simon was the one. He said, yeah. So when they clarified, he said, we're sending you to, we're sending you to Hollywood. And I really heard them. And I was like, I was just stunned. I, I, I don't even think I really said much then. I just was stunned. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I said, okay, thank you. And, you know, walked out. And then Ryan Seacrest, him and some other guy were the kind of like hosts at the time. And they stopped me in the hallway and said, oh my, oh my gosh, aren't you excited? Like, you're going to Hollywood. And I was still stunned. And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I know I didn't give them the reaction they wanted. <laughs> But I was just so stunned. You were in, and you were in that, a state of shock. Yes, I was in a state of shock because I was like, I was never one of those that was always, you know, I wasn't taking any vocal lessons. I had just sang in choirs at school and at church. And of course at home, you know, I was always singing at home. I was never saying, oh, can you guys, you know, send, take me to vocal lessons or can you, you know, take me to this to audition? I had never shown anything like that. So for me to just go and, again, just try something that scared me and to have that be the outcome was just, I couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, so, yeah. But those moments are the moments that propel us mm -hmm. when you're drawn to it and it seems that nothing can stop it because you're just drawn to it and you're reacting uh, with, yeah. with just the intention of doing and uh, look what happened. You ended up going to uh, uh, Hollywood and being yeah. on that first show, that first episode. Uh, that's very, uh, yeah. that's very historical. Uh, quite an accomplishment. Uh, and yeah. The fact that the show is still running. I know it's, and nobody knew. Remember how it was so new? I think they only had it in the UK at the time and remember when they um I told you guys about it and you were still kind of confused we were all like wait what you know and you guys were like oh no we gotta talk to somebody because we are not sending you on a plane <laughs> to go to God knows you know they're saying Hollywood but we don't know these people we don't know they could just be taking y'all somewhere we never see you again it'd be taken you right, know it was just that new to, uh... yeah it was so new like it was that type of reality TV hadn't come about yet. You know, exactly. we only had like the shows, the reality shows where people on MTV, where people live together or something, but not, oh, you know, the competition series, you know? So yeah, I remember you guys getting on the phone and talking to them and asking all the questions and being like, yeah, so where exactly and what is it that y'all do and this and that? And they gave me a whole packet. You know, I actually still have that folder. I think I have it here with my stuff like the whole folder they gave me with all the information and where we were going to be and what exactly you know so yeah once you know you guys once it got cleared with you guys you said okay 
you know, you can go. And then you and then mom arranged for Uncle Melvin to meet me at the airport just in case in L.A., you know, to be like, hey, she's coming in and she's on this show. She's supposed to be on a show. And you be at that airport to make sure everything is OK. <laughs> yes. Amazing how the years have flown by. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, it seems like yesterday, but uh, yeah, wow. uh, time time okay. has flown. 12, what is yeah. it? That was in 2002, I believe. 22 years. Yeah, 2002, my goodness. Mm. Yeah. yeah. My, my, my. I know. Well, since you've been in California, you've gotten uh, married. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something new. <laughs> Not only did you go to California, but you got married. Right? And, you know, ever since that, that honestly, American Idol coming out here was the catalyst for me eventually, for me even, first of all, really seeing what California was, because I'd never been, you know, and that trip, just meeting so many people, also going, you know, for the same thing, and making friends, and just walking around, you know, um, the city, and, um, I think I saw Meshach Taylor, the actor uh, who was uh, designing women and also the mannequin. I loved him in the mannequin. Saw him at a restaurant, asked him to take a picture. He said, yeah, I'll take a picture with you. And just being like, wow, I'm here. You know, it really made me go, I can see myself. I see myself living here. I see myself being here. And since then, literally since then, I knew that at some point I was going to move and needed to move to LA so that that's that journey for me to be here now seven years in was start, started 22 years ago well you know me Shaq was from Chicago oh wow he was no a, I didn't know that oh yes he was a Chicago actor as well wow mm-hmm. and he's oh. passed on God rest yeah uh, yeah rest his soul but uh he was a wonderful actor you know Chicago yes. has turned out some uh some great actors yeah. over over the years, you know, that yeah. Have, yeah. have passed on and, and that are still here. That's one thing mm-hmm. Chicago uh, has been able to do, and that is turn out. Uh, uh, it's a great training field. That's true. The, the, that is true. You can't beat it for a training field because it's hustle bustle in the theater uh, game here. Yeah. You, you want to get some That's real experience in theater. Uh come to Chicago. New York is more, you know, but Chicago is definitely, uh, there's always a workshop, something going on. Right. Uh, right, exactly. It's always, it's a great place to learn and train, like you said, like you have, yeah, you have New York, New York is of course, you know, that's and, the place. Uh, this is theater, this is theater week here in Chicago. Oh, wow. Yeah, over a hundred, uh, different performances are taking place, uh, Wow. And such an Absolutely. honor to, for it to be going on during Black History Month. Uh, people get a wide, variety, wide variety of theater. You know. Wow, that's awesome. So, wow. it's a great, great concept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. It that, is. That I miss things like that, you know, Chicago. Well, Chicago is, uh, and I would take it as kind of hard to uh, really find that out in California. Uh, you know what? It has been. It is. It just is. Just a theater community of uh, uh, a 
of entertainment that's going on. I mean, everyone is hustle bustle. We we're hustle bustle here in Chicago, but yes. we're also community uh, within that's itself. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I definitely felt the difference in the the sense of community. I, I do not really feel that out here, and other people that I've talked to who are from the East Coast or from the Midwest, from Chicago specifically, like say the exact same thing. I hear it so many times. It's just. And I experienced it myself. There isn't really as much of a community vibe, you know? And I don't know why, if it's because of the sprawling, the, the distance, or if it's because there's Hollywood there, and then I don't know if it's like, And it's so spread out. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's so spread out. So many things are spread out. Um, and, you know, you have your little pockets of, like, I'm, I'm now been involved with Torrance, the Torrance Theater Company, you know? And I'm finally feeling that sense of community but it's it's in Torrance you know I mean it's not like a whole the whole city like Chicago it's just this like you said feeling of community within the arts and theater in the whole city well one good thing that has happened in Chicago since the time that I had uh, my theater company is that uh, the the theaters uh, suburban theater is is uh, very much blended with uh, the city uh, Uh as being a part of as opposed to being separate, it broadens mm-hmm. it broadens the community itself because there are a lot of good theater happening outside of Chicago in, in the suburbs of Chicago. Oh, yeah. Uh, Evanston yeah. was very well known for back in the day of the, the type of productions and things that they put on uh, in Evanston, and, and over the years that has expanded into other communities. Uh, so it's become a very a metro type of a community. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely heard. Remember that about Evanston as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Skokie um, was the same way. You that's know. what I was gonna say. Skokie, Skokie next. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, matter of fact, that's the sad part for me about theater that's happening here in the city at this point is that we don't have more black theater, as much black theater that we should have. Uh, uh, it's very limited. We've got Jackie Taylor, the, the uh, uh, her uh, theater company, uh, yes, Congo yes. Theater, but uh, they're they're very limited. And we've only got you know we got ETA Southside. Uh-huh. Uh, there should be a lot more than than there is, and we're talking about it here during Black History Month, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so obviously there there is a real absence, uh, but I find that dance has grown, and through, oh. through the work that they have put into dance and developing it. So uh, the Nejwa Dance Company. Yeah, which mom was a part of, oh, founding yeah. member. In yeah. which your mother was a founding member is still exists and doing great work. Uh, Montu uh, and uh, Brenda uh, Malika. She is now the uh, carrying on the training and of uh, uh, Nejwa dance, producing young women, uh, young uh, dancers, doing an excellent job uh, in doing so. It's always good to see that uh, these companies are surviving and doing what they're doing uh, out of carrying on the tradition that uh, they were founded to do, that others right. have stepped up to uh, carry it on, you know. 
So that's a good sign of things that are happening. Uh, and even on the uh, west side of Chicago now, uh, that's picking up due to the fact that we have a new mayor, young mayor, and mm -hmm. he lives out in Austin. So Austin, oh. is, Austin is in a re, a rebirth. Oh, nice. Added new blood. Nice. The mayor is there. So, you know, it's little things like that that makes the month of February for me. Uh, an important month that we're yeah. able to recognize the progress when it seems that there is no progress, but it stares you in the face every day if you just really look around and and take a look at what what is as opposed to what is not. All yeah. time we focus so much on what what is not happening <laughs> that we don't appreciate what we have. What's here today that's going on. And for me, uh, having a young mayor uh, going into the future, he's a very young man, live, lives on the west side of Chicago in the Austin district there, neighborhood there that's under uh, rebirth, uh, gentrification and taking place. And thank God it's taking place with black people participating. Yes. It's going to yes. take place, but it's it must take place with black people participating. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it takes place and you're left out. It's the same way with the theater game. Nothing happens unless we are involved in it. Well, yeah. how are we involved in it? We have to get inside of it. We can't stand back and constantly criticize and complain about what is not happening. Go ahead on and do it. Just as you were saying about when you left Chicago, you knew that was a decision you had to make artistically for career-wise. Mm -hmm. And you make that decision. Uh, yeah. A lot of actors don't make the decision. They stay. And uh, they contribute where at home, where they are. But that's up yeah. to each individual. You have your, your calling. Exactly. Sometimes it takes leaving to come back to recognize what you have. That's true. And you come back to do whatever it is and uh, con and contributing to the development. But I'm very proud to see uh, what is happening here in the city and what is happening across America at this time. Young people being involved, waking up to what is happening. Uh, at one point, it seemed that young people were asleep and uh, they're waking up as far as I can see. And... Um, uh, to what is happening in the world because it is their world. You guys are the future uh, in theater and in science and everything else. Matter of fact, I feel at this point if America is going to be saved, black people are going to save it. Well, yeah, well, you know Jane, what's her name? Jane Lynch, that woman, that uh, white woman that's always teaching about racism and things like that. Oh, yes. uh, she's got the glasses and the short hair. That's what she says. I mean, she says it all the time. She says a black, black people are going to be the ones to save this country. Well, we are. We're so. going to be the ones who, if America's to be saved, we're going to be the ones to save it because from the founding of America, we have always been the conscious of America and say, hey, come on, do the right thing. Even when America choose to do the wrong thing 
black folks have said, no, no, do the right thing. We the people, let's take it back there. (laughs) We, remember this, we the people. And I think that's where we're going, where we are right now somewhat uh, in our time period that all that's going on, uh, people wanting to abandon democracy and all of that, uh, which is foolishness at this point in time. And we can make a mistake here in uh, this year and uh, let democracy slip away from us if we want to and we'll regret it for the next 70 some years because we've only practiced, uh, the world has only been at, had some sense of unity since the World War II ended. And it hasn't all, and that hasn't been all peaceful, but at least we were working together to hold it down, to make it peaceful. Uh Right, exactly. And when you're talking about abandoning uh, NATO and everything else, uh, to me, that's a gloomy future. Yeah. We should be talking about finding ways of making the world much better, a way we can work with all the technology we have today. I don't see why we're fighting each other when we can be enjoying all the technology. But instead, uh-huh. we can't even enjoy it because we're fighting each other. And that's a broad in at home. So uh, all these right. wonderful things we have and all the wonderful technology, we can't enjoy it. We should be uh, getting there. We can hop on a plane and be anywhere in the world within a matter of hours. Eating dinner with a total stranger. Yeah. But we, we are not working towards that. So I know talking about Mars and all that is foolishness. Uh-huh. <laughs> if we can't get to what's here uh-huh. on Earth and enjoy it. My heart exactly. bleeds every day as I see the, as I see the world turns. Uh, uh, there's a pain in my heart every day about what we're doing to each other. I, I feel the pain, you know, uh, as Bill Clinton yeah. used to say, I feel your pain. I, I feel the pain. Uh, yeah. So my whole thing is we just all have to work a little harder at what, what we want. And, yeah. uh, I, I for one want a better world. I want a world that we can all live in and uh, be happy in. But it seems even our religious organizations today have turned evil. So uh-huh. <laughs> there seems right. to be more more going on, more going <laughs> on there than should be going on. Uh-huh. So rather than praying and love and love and happiness seem to be out the window. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you know we will get there if we work at it because everything comes through work and a sense of consciousness and i do believe today and as bleak as things look that uh there is light at the end of the tunnel um this year so far i must say uh being almost two months into the new year uh i am a lot more optimistic than i was in 2023 Mm. And that is because I'm beginning to see that there are others who are just as conscious as I am and uh, right. believe in the system uh-huh. of the system that we have. It doesn't make sense to abandon democracy to me 
at this right. point in time right. in history. Right, especially right now. Like right now is when we we really have to fight the hardest. You know, this is the time to fight. This you is know? the and time. People always talk about, oh, well, we're going overseas. You know, fighting in this war and this and that because we're defending. You know, democracy. We're trying to help them have a democracy. But it's like right now is when we need to be fighting for our democracy. So, you know, it's just it's just interesting to see. You know, whether like you said, people will realize that that, that it's we're such, at such a crucial point right now like we're literally at a crossroads well you know, I, and, I believe this I don't believe the American people once they stop bickering right now there's a lot of bickering going on the little little thing mm-hmm, we bicker yeah. because we bicker because the eggs went up 10 cents <laughs> really we bicker over orange right. juice costing what it uh, you know used to be buy orange juice for two dollars all day now you can right. only buy one for five dollars so i was gonna say right it's five dollars yeah, now five dollars for an orange juice today so mm-hmm. so when they get when when they take greed out of and that's greed that's that's what that is that's greed yep. yeah a lot of greed going on and uh when greed step aside and uh everything else will fall in place uh, mm-hmm. and uh, people find that what kind of a country do we want I mean we've got right. to, we've got to define what do we want absolutely as a country because if we don't define that someone is going someone outside of America is going to define that for mm-hmm. us and right. it's not going to be pretty so no. so my whole thing to to everyone is, Hey, if you love love democracy, let's forget about all the other things. Just the form of democracy, because we know other systems of government exist. So let's not fool ourselves about talking about uh, Nazism and communism and this and that. Those exist. They're real. Believe me, just as democracy is real. So let's treat democracy as being real. It isn't something imaginary. It's something that can be a that has been abused like everything else, but uh, we must correct the abuse, take the abuse out of it and express it for what it is and live it for what it is. Uh, Democracy, you know. Yeah. And I talk with a lot of people and they talk a lot of crap. Uh, Well, what has it done? Well, as what has it done for me? It's that old Janice Jackson song. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> really, it comes down to that. What have you done? Uh, to quote uh, Kennedy, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I think we're, we're having one of those moments now. We have to ask ourselves uh, that question. Yes. What have you done for your country lately? And what, yeah. are, you, what are you willing to do now? We can all talk and wave a flag. But what are we doing? Exactly. And that's, if you're an American, that's the one commonality we have. And that is uh, what we as Americans are going to do for the country. We can give it away or we can save it and work to make it better. I say, let's go forward, work to make it better. Yes. Yeah. Well, Corey, I have enjoyed talking with you. Same. I really, I really love our talks. You know, we talk about such a wide range of 
subjects. That's what I, lo- I think I love most about a conversation with you is that it's just, you know, it just takes its natural progression and we just cover so many things and we laugh and we, you know, we even, you know, debate, you know, we have differing views and we kind of try to, you know, understand each other. And so that's what I love. So, yeah. Well, I learned from you. Uh, you have made me aware of things uh, myself, you know, that I have had, I have made changes over the years and I have learned from you uh, and listening to you. And that was even as a younger person being able to, to hear Aww. what you were saying or your sister was saying. And uh, uh, that made it makes a difference when a parent is able to, to hear what the young person is saying yes it it really does and i feel like because of that because you like you said you listen it makes it's just the reason why we have the conversation we have now and and um the relationship we have now which i feel like which i can talk to you about anything you know i really i really do feel that way and um you never judge or you know you only try to give the best advice that you can and you just listen and you're open and like you said it's just it makes it easy you know once that the lines of communication are so so open like that well i hope to keep it that way as (laughs) i learned from you and your husband uh jalen wonderful young man yeah uh and wishing you the best in your career Thank you. And I have truly enjoyed my conversation with you today. And I hope that the listeners uh, get something out of it. Uh, and uh, they don't have a relationship with their dads, that they will uh, form one with their dads. And uh, yeah. dads will form one with their children. Uh, yes, yes. I think a lot of that we need more of today. We have to work harder at it. Much harder today than and yesterday uh, yeah for for reasons that are all around us so yes yes so if uh, you out there have enjoyed the podcast go to the support button and share the podcast with a friend and again Corey thanks for being on the show itself I Thank have enjoyed you. the conversation. Thank you. I love. I had a great time. It really just felt like just a you know normal you know com- phone conversation between the two of us, and it's just great. I, I'm just glad to get to share this with people. So and have it for myself to look back on you know over the years and just re- you know I, I love it. I, I love you and I love your show. I'm so glad you have your show. You inspire me. I mean, you made a podcast first, and then I made one. You know, it's like I'm continuing to follow in your footsteps in so many ways, by directing, by acting, you know, and just, yeah. So I'm I'm your legacy, and I appreciate you always still continuing to include me and inspire me as well. Well, until next time, peace and happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month.